Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy Sports and Politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah, come on. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy sports and politics crew. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, lock on Peace Show me the money Here's the money. Oh, no, no. You can do better than that, Jerry. I want you to say it with you with me then, brother. Hey, I got Bob Cook on the other line. I better hear you say it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Show you the money. Not, not so you. Show me the money. Show me the money. Yes. Louder. Show me the money. I need to feel you, Jerry. Show me the money. Jerry, you better yell. Show me the money. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again on the Thursday night 8 p.m. And you and here, if you're sitting here, you know what time it is. I am JT, aka the Master, and I'm joined as always by my esteemed co-host, my fellow Jersey guy, Jeff the Joker, and we make up two thirds of the team of the FS Pro, excuse me, FSP Crew Show. The number to call in is three four seven six three seven three two two zero. 347-637-3220 is a place to be if you want to talk to Jeff or me. We also have a chat room open that's sitting out there. If you want to join us in this conversation today, jump in that chat room if you don't want to jump on the telephone line and converse with us. Ask a question, statement, make a comment. It's going to be all the way live and about money and players moving in the NFL. There's only one thing I want to talk about tonight, along with my crew, along with my esteemed uh, founder of these of the uh, all these stations, Victor Gardner, is also joining us. We want to talk about the NFL and the crazy week, in fact, two weeks, really, that's been going on in the NFL. Talk about NFL free agents, NFL trading, and Chip, my man, Chip Kelly, and what I've been texting forever to these guys is he's not done yet. Without further ado, let's bring my two co-hosts for this show right now, Jeff and then Vic. Welcome, guys. Hey, Jerry. What's going on? Shalom. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, doing? man. I, uh, yeah, man. I hear you. I don't even know where to start. You know, let's start here. You know, I, I know that you guys are chomping out the bit to start at what happened today. But I want to stop. start with the first guy, the number one, really the number one guy that uh, um, finally got signed after a much trepidation and probably a little 
uh, uh, hand squeezing because it took so long to come to fruition. This is Thursday. It only got done yesterday when we thought he was going to immediately immediately sign on Tuesday. I'm talking down in the uh, down south with the in Finn country, where a man from Detroit decided to take his uh, uh, talents. That's LeBron. S. take his talents down to Miami and play for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and I'm talking about the none under the big boy who signed a six-year deal, $114 million, $60 million. And I said million dollars guaranteed. I'm talking about the, in Dominic Sue. I want you guys to give me your thoughts before we go any further. We're going to talk about a, a lot of these guys who may go over the hour, so who can ever hang with me, hang with me, or I'll talk by myself. But I want to talk about a lot of these guys, and then Dominic Sue's the first one. Talk to me, Jeff, and then Vic, and I bring in the other co-host. Um, well, a man named Sue, uh, they uh, they overpaid, of course, but you know you're not going to get a guy like a talent like Sue for twelve bucks an hour or whatever. But uh, you know, I think he's the real deal. I mean, the only games he's ever missed were because of suspensions, and that comes with a little risk. Going to be at Albert Hainsworth. That's the kind of guy you don't want to invest in. At least Sue. He's never had problems off the field, and uh, he's going to free things up for uh, the rest of that defensive line. I, I actually like that signing. I mean, I don't like to invest that much in a defensive lineman, but Sue is one of the few uh, worthy of that type of investment. Before I, Victor, before you answer, Cameron Wake is doing a, a shake. I'm telling you right now, he's dancing in the streets with the Dominic Sue coming out to help <laughs> on, that, on that front line. Talk to me, Vic. Why do you like stealing my thunder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thunder stealer. I was going to say the same thing, but you know what? Cameron Wake, along with the linebacking core of the uh, of the uh, uh, Miami Dolphins, are going to be killer IDPs this year. Miami's defense might even become a killer IDP. Just imagine how much better this makes Brett Grimes. Yep. And the other cornerback. Yep. You have to understand that House of Flying Spears, that's that's what uh, uh, Sue's, and Dominic and Sue's name means. He's got to be when he first came out of Nebraska. Uh, he impacts the entire defense. I mean, oh, my God. I, it's another linebacker. Oh, Vernon, the DN, Vernon. Vernon Olivier, I believe that's his name. He was already making tons of sacks. What's going to happen now? Now, here's the downside to this deal, guys. It does not help the offense. This kid, God bless his soul, pop gun arm quarterback, uh, isn't going to get it done. They need a running back. I, I know Miller's there, but Miller's not going to keep Indomitian soon the rest of that defense on the sideline so they can rest up. You know, if they're going to get rid of Mike Wallace, um, Wilson Richardson, Brian Hartline just signed a deal in, in, in Cleveland. So they've got uh, Jarvis Landry, I believe, young, upcoming cat, solid uh, guy. But if you get rid of Wallace, that means your number one is now a second-year pro. Speedster, not a big guy, 
but speedster. So I look at this signing of Indominican Sue and say, oh, Nelly, I'm going to get me some IDPs. I'm going to get me some IDPs from, from Miami. I might even get their defense. But the organization, better, and I mean better, draft well this upcoming draft because it better go straight offense. It needs straight offensive help. And I mean get a big-arm quarterback, running back they can develop, and another big wide receiver. That's, I mean, that's all I have to say about that other than, you know, damn good deal, wish it was me, sorry it's not. Okay, before I bring in my uh, other esteemed uh, co-host, let me say a, a couple things. First of all, just look at the AFC East and what Brady and company have to deal with now. You got oh, the Buffalo yes. Bills, but the Buffalo Bills who have one of the best pass rushes and really have one of the best defenses, complete defenses in the league. You got the Miami Dolphins who short up their defense with just uh, uh, Dominic Sue, which is going to be a, a big help. Uh, and, and then you also have the Jets, who's got two uh, two of their corner cornerbacks back, along with the, uh, um, Buster Scrin from um, Cleveland, uh, at, who show up that uh, that backside of that defense, which was their weak link. And Tom Brady and company. I know it's the Super Bowl champions. I know uh, it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and they always find a way. But it's going to be a lot more difficult. In the AFC East, I mean, each one of these teams are going to knock each other off because their defenses, except for the Patriots, are a lot better than they were last season. So uh, it's going to be very interesting in the AFC East. And let's bring in my long-lost co-host. I haven't talked to him in in, in a little bit, and uh, I'm glad to see him jumping on here because there's a lot of things to talk about. And... uh, I want him to talk, first talk, talk about first talk about uh, in Dominic Sue before we get to the other free agents and the other things that have been going on in the league. Talk to me, Black. Welcome, welcome tonight. Fellas, fellas, what's going on? Your brother has missed you, man. Hey, welcome back, buddy. Now, CNB, CNB on, ain't for real. CNB ain't nobody's brother's keeper. I'm icy. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy! Well, 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 first off, I'm in the state of morning. I I went through this through the '90s with Chris Webber and Rashid Wallace left my bullets. And now my boy Demarco is turning cold, man. I can't believe it. But I I, I love the Dominic Suicide of Miami. That defense is going to be nice. Uh, Vic, you're talking about IDPs. You don't know how to play fantasy football, so don't worry about those IDPs. <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, I'm a former. I am a former. Parlay College champion. So you take those words back. A <laughs> <laughs> black. All you all you have to do is tell them every now and then a, a squirrel does find a nut. So that's all right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely love the bull, man. I was sure Cam away probably was the first person in church when he heard that thing. It, it's going to be a great, great man. That whole division is going to be awesome to watch this season. I can't wait. Yep. Yep. I, 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 in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, going into uh, fantasy, at least three of those defenses. I don't know too much about how well the uh, uh, New England Patriots defense is going to be, but those other three defenses, 
if you are a person that likes to stream defenses, uh, you try to grab one of those defenses each week, especially against some of these weaker teams. They're going to dominate uh, quite a bit. So uh, fantasy uh, drafters, fantasy football drafters, just keep in mind the Jets, the Buffalo Bills, and the Miami Dolphins as some of the uh, top defenses, especially against some of these weak sisters uh, in the in the league. They're going to absolutely destroy them. Uh, uh, and uh, it's not going to be pretty. Let me put it that way. Anyway, speaking of uh, one of the defenses that we're talking about, my former team, and I'm I shouldn't say be I'm, I shouldn't be surprised because they they tagged one of the best. No, no, no. <laughs> stop, stop, stop! You trying to be funny? My former team, uh, and I, like I said, I shouldn't be surprised because they grabbed. Uh, one of the best guys in the organization from the Texans, Mike McCagnan, to head the front office. And one of the best, I think, he hasn't proven himself completely, but I think he's going to be a very good coach. And they're assembling a very good team. Decided to pick up a long-lost son by, by way of Tampa through New England. He's finally back. Yes, people, New York Jets and New York uh, P, uh, media and fans of the New York Jets have been going absolutely crazy because Darrell Revis has come back, and he said it himself, and I'm not—I'm just not saying it. He says, I've come home, signing a five-year contract with $70 million, with $70 million and $39 million fully guaranteed. Uh, and he's quite naturally te- te- teaming up with his former teammate, when they were previously at the Jets, uh, Antonio Cromartie. So, along with Buster Scrin and the front four or front seven is the defense, it's going to be a very formidable defense. I'm going to, in reverse order this time. I'm asking Black and then Vic and then Jeff. Your thoughts? Darrell yeah, Reeves. I'm, I'm glad you're going in reverse order because I'm going to ask the million-dollar questions. Revis is back. Kamadi is, is there now. Are you back? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Let me, let me tell you something. Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, um, my brother, and, and, and my brother, God bless him, and, and he had the nerve to do this. My brother, who was a Kansas City Chiefs fan for the longest, and I think about three, four, maybe five years ago, uh, switched, switched allegiances to the New York Giants. Text me a couple days ago, uh, uh, well, after Darrell Revis got signed, and asked me if I was reverting back to the Jets. And I gave him emphatic, an emphatic no. And all three of you guys, I'm giving you an emphatic <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm Just not going back. That, that is a lie. That's not going back. Talk to me, Black. It's a great move by the Jets. I like what they're doing also with their defense. But let me not get into that right now. Since you denied the million-dollar question, let me ask you the $500,000 question. When you follow your boy to the Indianapolis Colts, man? That's a sore subject. A very sore subject. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, uh, I, I could see the handwriting on the wall when they released him where he was going to go. I mean, it, it was it was a no-brainer to me. To me, it was a no-brainer that he was going to go 
and stay in the division and just go against a, a division rival. And the worst one they can go to, which is uh, the, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, Andrew Luck. So uh, I'm not looking forward to the two times we uh, face them because I can best believe they have a rivalry already. Now they got more incentive because a future Hall of Famer is playing on their team, and they're going to want and, and, and want to spank the Texans royally every time they play the Texans. So uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I think he had a lot left. Um, I don't know the mindset of uh, uh, Bill O'Brien when he did that, especially when Ryan Mallett uh, was uh, uh, Andre Johnson's favorite quarterback last year uh, that he really liked, and he pushed for Mallett to get into the lineup. That's why he started. Um, I, I'm not feeling Andre uh, Johnson really going to the uh, Colts, but I, I have no control of that. It is what it is. Just uh, move on with DeAndre Hopkins, who I told you guys uh, when he first got into the league he was going to be a beast, and he's the number one now, and then we just have to see what we get in the draft uh, because that's where we have to get the rest of the wide receivers. Talk to me, Black. Darrell Revis. Yeah, the, the Revis, look, man, he has probably one of the greatest agents yep. in sports. I mean, how does this guy just keep getting Mike money? I don't know how he does it, but he has one of the greatest agents. I, I like the Jets' move on defense. The, the offense, to me, still leaves something to be desired, but they they should definitely be in playoff contention this season. Victor. Okay. Sean Gilbert, former Washington Redskins. I believe he's also uh, Darrell Reeves' uncle or something like that. Uh, I know he was his agent for a while. I don't know if he's still his agent. Um, the deal is this. I honestly think... I honestly think that the Jets are trying to give Todd Bowles the best possible chance to prove that he is a top-flight head coach. You give him Brandon Marshall to pair with Eric Decker. Um, You you jettison Percy Harvin, uh, and you re-sign, I think, Bilal Powell. And yes. he's going to be a number two running back. Um, you let Chris Johnson go, who got shot in a drive-by uh, yep. a couple of days later. You know, uh, you bring in Cromartie and Revis, bringing those two back. Get with a head coach that is a just as, as vicious and as aggressive as uh, Rex Ryan was in Todd Bowles. You shore up that uh, linebacking core by re-signing Harris, and I believe uh, they had a DNA re-sign, if I'm not mistaken. The Jets are for real. And I uh, listen to me. I'm not joking when I say this. I think Black's question to you, Jerry, was a legitimate question. Why? Yeah, I know. Because right now, right now, and I, I, I jokingly said this a while ago, but the Jerry Jinx seems like it's real. You leave the Jets, <laughs> go to the Texans, and the real thing happens. So stay with the Texans for a while, and let's see what happens with the Jets, and then you'll switch to the Jets, and they'll start losing it. But just don't become a Redskins fan. Now, the the deal is Darrell Revis. Darrell Revis is not, and I'm going to say this again, is not the best quarterback in the NFL. Who is? However, however, he is the best man-to-man cover cornerback 
in That's the, the NFL. That's the key. Man to man. Because in a mm-hmm. zone. That's why he did not survive or work out in Tampa with Levy Smith. Right. He's not a read guy. He is a reactionary guy. Let him go beat up the core of the, the receiver and then come up and make a play. Don't give him a zone to take care of because it's not going to work for him. He's going to seem ineffective because he's in his zone. Um, the, the, the deal is this. It could work out better for him. He's an older guy. I don't know if you guys knew this, but by the time his contracts are over, without the extra money and only the guaranteed money, within a five-year period, this man would have made $159 million. Yeah, I knew that. In guarantees. Yep. In guarantees. Now, as you pointed out, Jerry, the defense of Tom Brady will have to see from here on out. There will be no picnic. They will not be the uh, AFC East champions again. I'm going no. to thank, I know I've been saying it for the past couple of years, but look, the writing is on the wall. It is on the wall. Now, just think about this. Think about this, and I know it hasn't happened yet. What if Vince Wilford signed with the Jets? That's trouble. I think he's going to sign with Indianapolis, but that would be trouble. So the signing of Darrell Revis solidifies that defense. And so, and right now, only person that has a question mark is Geno Smith. There's no room for Todd Bowles to falter with this team unless it's on Geno's shoulders. That's what I see with the signing of Revis as well as Cromartie and the additions on offense. Um, I really think Revis, it points out what they're going to go man-to-man maybe 70% of the game. That's the only reason why you sign Revis, because you want to go man-to-man. So, with that being said, I think Jerry's going to go back to his J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 in a year or so, maybe while I'm in Korea, because he switched to the Texans while I was in Germany. And now they're going to Korea. Maybe he'll switch back to the Jets. I don't I'm know. not going back. I'm not going we'll back. What's your thoughts, Jeff? What's your thoughts, Jeff? It, you know, um, in case any, you guys know me, but in case anyone didn't know, um, uh, from the New York area, I'm a Giant fan, not a Jeff fan. I don't right. hate the Jets. I, I'm neutral. I don't like them either. It's just, you know. And I probably know a little bit more about the Jets than the owner than the other NFL teams, but I don't work for them usually. Um, the only thing, if the Jets are in the playoffs, since I know a lot of Jet fans, I think, well, it, I'd be happy for them if they get to experience, you know, a little happiness. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, it, it, many times in, in recent years I've thought, you know, uh, Jets are trying to win the headlines, not games. And, some of the guys they've signed in the past in the off season have not been that great. And, and what does Dr. Phil say? Don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining or something like that. You know, um, right. like, like Eric Decker. I mean, last year they went into the year with lousy wide receivers and lousy corners. And I mean, Decker isn't a bad player, but he's not a number one NFL receiver. And that became very clear. And, They've made a lot of other signings like that. He he's just the most recent. And 
I, I'm very impressed with the guys they've signed, the guys they've brought back, the trade for Brandon Marshall. Um, very impressed. And then the the big issue is quarterback, which you know there's just uh, the 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 real talent usually is not available. And I mean, I think with uh, an improve improved talent around him. I think they could win with uh, Fitzpatrick at quarterback. I mean, I know he's not a great player. Uh, I I think he's better than Geno Smith. It's not saying much, but to me, it bringing in Fitz makes a lot more sense than using a high draft pick on Winston or Mariota, neither of whom I think is going to be a good NFL quarterback. And if they are, it won't be year one. So, who knows? I mean, this is you know a ways off. Imagine if they get if they draft um, uh, first uh, guy to come to mind, like somebody like an Amari Cooper, that uh, receiver from Alabama, and uh, he should be an impact. And if not, hopefully he'll be great by the time uh, Brandon Marshall uh, is is way past his prime. That that looks to be a pretty good team. Uh, I don't think they need uh, Will Fork because uh, their, their front seven was very good last year. And, yes, very. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of new pieces, new coaching staff, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I'll tell you, uh, Rex Ryan has got to be up there in Buffalo saying, hey, how come they didn't do this last offseason? You know, because exactly. he got right. screwed. Because I, I don't care. I mean, you could be Vince Lombardi. Uh, if you don't have players, there's only so much you could do. And, uh, you know, and, and – uh, Rex, he got another job. I don't know uh, if Vincent has another job. That uh, GM, uh, he really uh, messed it up for them last year. Oh, I agree with that. And uh, it two words that uh, how Rex got screwed. John Idzik, who no, quite naturally is no longer there, uh, and uh, the realization that uh, would he need to spend some money and get the right person or people in there to uh, – a handle or manage the uh, players and, and the money. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. Uh, and and uh, this guy, I, 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 and I'm, it's up in the air whether he went to uh, uh, a better place. I know it's the worst team, but a better place for uh, his his uh, skills to be um, exploited more than uh, quite naturally. I don't know how much more that could be exploited but uh, more and be used more than he was in Denver. He scored, what, 12 touchdowns or something like that last week, uh, last uh, year and, and maybe 10 the year before that. I'm talking about the tight end that was formerly from the uh, Broncos, and now he's going to be playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who signed a five-year uh, contract with um, $24 million guaranteed and is getting uh, – $9.2 million over five years. Julius Thomas, how effective do you think Julius Thomas is going to be? And was this a good move? I know it's probably a good move, uh, people see it, for the Jaguars. But is this a good move for Julius Thomas? Did, uh, did he just go after the money uh, or uh, and and uh, um, that was just the bottom line? Uh, Jeff, Jeff. Vic and then well, um, uh, Black. 
You know, I mean, it looks like a very good move for Jacksonville. I mean, they got a, a lot of needs, so you can't go wrong. And I think uh, there's probably a lot of guys who don't want to play there. But uh, no blocking uh, you there. Block. Yeah, that, well, that's that's a problem. But you know, they you know Blake Borders is still developing, and uh, usually those uh, young quarterbacks uh, they like to uh, throw it to the tight end a lot. So uh, the, the knock on uh, Thomas is. Uh, He's not the most durable, and also when he is banged up, he's he's not as good at playing through it. So uh, uh, that that's a knock on him. But uh, you know, who knows? He could, he could have a big year in Jacksonville if he could uh, stay healthy and stay productive. And as far as the money goes, I don't think he was a high pick. So this might be his one shot. You you can't blame a guy because the thing is, you know. Everybody likes to talk about uh, Revis in particular, you know, holding out and, you know, trying to get every dollar. But, you know, the same fans, when you know, a few years after the guy retires, if he goes bankrupt, everybody says, yeah, what a dummy. How did he go broke? You know, because when they're done, when, I mean, when they're really done, uh, nobody's going to give them anything. So they've right, got a limited right. window. And, and my thing is I'd rather see the players get it than see it stay with the owners. So, That's true. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought that was an interesting uh, signing. And, uh, met, like, in many situations, I'm sure the Broncos would have liked to have kept them. But uh, you, you can't keep everybody. And that explains uh, the Jimmy Graham trade. You know, I, I don't think they wanted to, but they had to to be able to uh, have enough money to, uh, you know, pay Drew Brees and uh, other players. We'll get to that. Uh, uh, what about you, Victor? I mean, I agree exactly with with what uh, our buddy here, the Joker, just said. I was going to use the same instance with Jimmy Graham, but I believe Julius Thomas made a bad decision. Um, yes, he's going to be with a young, young team that's still trying to find a running game. Um, now, who, I don't know if they're going to try to draft one or if they're going to make a trade for one. I mean, Philly has three of them. Might as well get one. But you pair him with Mercedes Lewis. Mercedes is not the best blocking tight end. But now Mercedes yeah, becomes the number two tight end. Yeah, and Thomas you know, has no, no blocking tight end either. Exactly. So when they're both in there, along with Marquise Lee and the other young wide receivers, you know they're passing. You know it because nobody's blocking. Um, and they don't have a running game to, to speak of. So – my problem with this is the young man, as, as uh, Jeff alluded to, has a small window, and his small window is now, so he took the money. Uh, is it the best thing to do? Probably not. Oakland, in my opinion, would have been a, been a better situation for him. Um, now, Seattle wanted him first. Seattle got a better tight end, in my opinion, but – that's who wanted them first, and they lost out on them, so they went to plan B. I think it would have been better off if Julius would have went to Seattle, still a young team, but they've been to the Super Bowl two times in the past two years, probably going to go back again this year. If, if uh, I mean, really, I know we're going to talk about Jimmy Graham, but that just made me say, how does the rich keep getting richer? Paul Allen, you suck. But – Julius Thomas, um, I think he just made a business decision. 
He okay. could have gone other places, but I don't think that's that was the best move for him. What's your thoughts on this, Black? This is a great move for Julius, man. Get your money while you can. In the NFL, not for long leave. I mean, you, you don't know pay man is going to finish out the season. Didn't finish out, what, pass two, three? You don't know if he's going to keep giving you those passes and touchdowns. As soon as Brandon uh, got hurt, a lot of those touches went away. And then, and then Julius got hurt. So if you're going to get hurt in this league, you you got to get paid for it, man. Huh? So I think it was a good move for Julius. Okay. And we, we're we going to eat some pot roast in D.C. I just thought I'd throw that in there. We're eating some pot uh-huh. roast. Well, oh, speaking speaking of DC, speaking of well, yes, speaking of the NFC East, Chip Kelly. Everybody was on. I was getting texts left and right. We were texting each other left and right, and all I kept on saying was, "Chip Kelly's not done yet. He's not done yet. Don't underestimate Chip Kelly. Uh, he's not done yet." And he trades away LaShawn McCoy. For Kiko Alonso, he lets Jeremy Macklin walk and go to Kansas City. He releases Trent Cole. He uh, releases uh, uh, Todd Harriman. Um, and I'm trying to think. Uh, he releases um, oh, what's the other what's the DB that he released that that went to? Uh, I think he went to Seattle. Williams, if I'm not mistaken. Terry, Terry Williams. <clears throat> Thank you, Kerry Williams. And uh, Black sent me a. A, a video of a Philadelphia fan that I was just laughing my butt off at. <laughs> Philadelphia Eagles fan that was going absolutely berserk because of things that Chip Kelly was doing and over and over again, and it didn't seem like it made any sense. They said that the Ryan Matthews was going to sign. Ryan Matthews did sign. Um, so, and... You got Ryan Matthews, you got Byron Maxwell from the Seattle Seahawks, and then you land the leading rusher uh, of the NFL last year who had uh, over 400 touches, 392 of them were carries, DeMarco Murray, who signed a five-year, 40-year, and I'm going to get this right, $40 million deal with $20 million guaranteed today, about an hour and a half ago. And I don't know, I haven't heard Philadelphia fans up in airs about this because the fact is they got, and, and check this out, they got one of the best backfields, in my opinion, in the NFL. They got DeMarco Murray. They got Ryan Matthews. They got Darren Sproles. And... Little known guy, but he's not a bad back in Chris Polk. They got four backs that Chris uh, uh, that Chip Kelly can use. Now I understand they don't have wide receivers, but I keep on saying the same thing: Chip Kelly's not done yet. And he talked about it in his press conference that he had on the NFL Network that he's thinking about getting his wide receivers because he says there's a uh, a good uh, group of wide receivers coming out in the draft, and he's thinking about doing that in the draft, grabbing his wide receivers. So he wants a young team. He wants a team with a lot of energy, and his sports science that he's trying to get guys to buy into 
and his way of doing things, which is not the traditional way of the NFL, and he's not trying to be a copycat, and he's trying to go outside the box. And a lot of you get people who are used to traditional things that the NFL do, do, uh, does are, are criticizing for. He's not done yet, and I'm not a Chip Kelly fan, but I can see what he's trying to do, and he he's going for it all now and not waiting two or three years down down the line. And without even saying about Sam Bradford, but I'm digressing because I want to talk about DeMarco Murray leaving Blacks, Dallas Cowboys, and going uh, to their rival in the NFC East, the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. And I'm debating whether I want Black to start off or I want uh, to, end, end, to end this. You know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to the other NFC East teams and then talk to Black about this. So I'm going to Jeff first and then Victor and then Black, who represent in this order the Giants, the Redskins, Cowboys. Talk to me, guys. All right. I mean, a a, a lot of these moves, and this has been going on for a long time, seem to be – Inside the division, which you know, not only if you sign a good player, not only is that helping your team, it's hurting uh, your rival. Um, you, you know, I, I know some Dallas Cowboy fans, uh, like Black, and there's many others, and that Cowboys line is so good, it, it, and they just uh, re-signed uh, Free, uh, Doug Free. That didn't get a lot of uh, publicity. If they keep that line together. Sure, they lose Murray, but uh, any good running back can get yards behind that line. And and that's happened in the NFL before, you know. Um, and that, that's a real good, solid way to build the team. Uh, I mean, with, with Chip Kelly, you know, all the experts were saying, uh, you know, he wasn't going to win in the NFL, and he had two 10-6 seasons, which was pretty good. But, man, he's really going out on a limb with this. Um I mean, those Philly fans are tough. They're probably egging his house right now. But uh, if they, he could keep winning, because it's like uh, it's like he's got some kind of fetish for injury-prone players. You know, I mean, yeah, he he'll be lucky to get 16 games between uh, Matthews and uh, Murray, and then he brings in uh, Sam Bradford, who can't brush his teeth without getting hurt, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean, the thing is, I mean, I, I heard of Bradford was on the trading block. I don't think nobody's going to trade for him because they don't want that contract. But I knew mm-hmm. if he got cut, teams would give him a look. But they weren't. Uh, nobody saying was going to give up something good for him and, and pay him uh, that money. Uh, uh, the thing is, I mean, so far, Chip Kelly has looked pretty smart, and now he's got a lot of leash with Philly being able to make deals. Um, but if they don't, they don't produce this year, it could get ugly. And um, one more thing, uh, I think right before the show started, it's just been so many moves you can't keep up. Uh, Dwayne Bow got released. I don't think they're interested yeah, but, in Bow, but if yeah, they want to bring in a, a veteran receiver, uh, he might be a guy. But uh, the, Kelly doesn't like guys who uh, speak their mind, and I think that's the reason he got rid of certain guys. Talk to me, Victor. As a Washington Redskins fan, it, it pains me not uh, 
that DeMarco Murray left the Dallas Cowboys because the word is they're interested in C.J. Spiller. C.J. Spiller is a very talented back when healthy. But that also brings me to pause about who Jerry Jones is going to draft. He needs to get rid of both of his corners and uh, get two top corners. You don't have any in this draft. You don't have one or two corners in this draft that, in my opinion, deserve to be um, picked in the first round. Now, you get C.J. Spiller, stopgap guy for three or four years. But that also means to me that they're going to get either Gurley or Gordon or Abdullah. Jerry Jones won't let it go. I mean, he might want AP, he might want somebody else, but in the meantime, and in between time, he's he's, he's going to, you know, suffer. The Cowboys, if they don't find a suitable replacement, not just a guy that can run the ball, but a suitable replacement and run the same game plan like they did this year, the Cowboys will suffer because of this loss. Now, on the flip side of it, I think the timeshare between DeMarco Murray uh, and Ryan Matthews is going to be, like, if they run the ball 30 times a game, 15-15, okay? Then Aaron Sproles catches all the third down passes, Um, whether it's fresh legs or whether on production or whether it's, you know, whatever. I think it's, for longevity purposes, a good move for DeMarco Murray. Uh, Ryan Matthews as well, because both of them are injury prone. Uh, Murray said that we're convinced, because he wasn't going to the Eagles at first. He wasn't. He was going to take that big payday and either go to the Raiders or the Jaguars. But his OU classmate, Sam Bradford, called him up and said, come on, and he changed his mind and he went. Again, you guys know I attend OU. The difference is, at OU, they did not win a national championship. They did not even come close to winning a national championship. They were good, but with both of them together, they did not win a national championship. So I really don't think that's going to change in the pros. And some of the key guys that blocked for Shady McCoy last year have been released by Chip Kelly. Some people say, you know, signing to Murray and, and, and Matthews makes him look smarter. I think, yeah, quite possibly if he trades one of them, during the draft, to move up to get what he wants. I know the Raiders still want DeMarco Murray. They got Roy Hallou, good back to to offset Latavius Murray, but they want DeMarco Murray. It's Chip wanting to pull that trigger to trade him away to get Mariota and maybe a couple extra picks. I wouldn't put it past him. This man is all about the business, and this is the prime example as to why athletes athletes need to look out more for their business interests than their loyalties to the organization. And I think that's somewhat what DeMarco did. And one big point, one very big point uh, Jeff didn't bring up, and I'm surprised he didn't. Murray said in his answer to one of the questions, why Philly, he said he felt as though no, no, the question was, so why did you leave Dallas to come to Philly? His response was, I felt I had a better chance of winning a Super Bowl here. That speaks volumes 
about the state of the Dallas Cowboys and what's going on there, that you leave a team that had everything clicking last year, if not for a call that a lot of people say was a catch but was ruled an incompletion, Dallas should have been – I don't think it was, but I'm glad they ruled that it wasn't. But it was a catch. Know, had, had that been, no one – had they ruled it a, a catch, no one. Had they ruled it a catch, the Cowboys, in my opinion, would have been playing in the Super Bowl as opposed to uh, Seattle. That is my opinion. But, hey, he has his reasons for leaving. And uh, Jerry's going to have to think some about other things than one to catch. Go ahead, uh, Black. Uh, all right, a uh, resident. Dallas Cowboy fan, Mr. Black Mike Wright. Yeah, Talk yeah, to me. Actually, I was talking about Philly. I don't know how this swung around to the Cowboys and what they're doing. I'm not the top of the well, Philly right lost. now. We're talking lost. about DeMarco Murray. DeMarco leaving the Cowboys and going to Philly. What's your thoughts? Oh, man. I, I wish DeMarco nothing but luck, man. He's, he's a very productive member of the Cowboys. Sad day for me as a Cowboys fan to see him walk out, but as always, we strive for money, man. So we can't do it. Uh, I like to see him out there. I actually like what Chip is doing as a piggyback on what uh, the master is saying. I know I was clowning Chip, but he's sneaky good what he's doing right now. He's getting rid of everybody that didn't do anything. I mean, yeah, LaShawn McCoy was good. LaShawn Jackson was good. Uh, Macklin was good. But it, those guys didn't bring you a championship. They, they took you to a couple of uh, championship games. But, I mean, that's that was the limit there. They couldn't do anything else besides set, set them free, get a new program going. And he didn't start on offense. He started these signers on defense, which is key. If he's going to need a stout defense with playmakers to run that type of philosophy that he's got going out there. So I, I want to see the rest of the moves he's going to make this offseason. But definitely right, a good move for the market. Right. Uh I'm not going to talk about Byron Maxwell. I'm not going to talk about Torrey Smith because I, even though they're free agents, in my opinion, they're not really big free agents in my my opinion. I want to talk about a free agent that, and we're going to talk about some other ones, but this one really fascinated me because this guy was only 27 years old. Only 27 years old. I'm talking about a free agent from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was an outside linebacker. And because of his uh, religion, uh, he was a Jehovah Witness. I think he wanted to uh, dedicate more time to his religion, the Jehovah Witness, and uh, um, decided to retire at 27. Uh, I'm going to go to Jeff, then uh, Victor, and then Black. Uh, Give me your thoughts on that one. Well, well, I want to add, there's, uh, I think, uh, three other retirements, Uh, Jake Locker, uh, right. And Patrick Willis. I mean, Patrick Willis looked like he was uh, having a Hall of Fame career. He, he still might make it there. Uh, but I guess, uh, you know, you really got to be focused to play in the NFL. And if your heart isn't in it, 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 it's hard to do. But, yeah, a lot yeah, a lot of young guys retiring. And, you know, I, I respect these guys because, uh, uh, you know, good players could stick around for at least a year going through the motions and getting paid for it. So I, I respect these guys for it. And, uh, right. you know, I hope they're happy. Victor. I don't think um, Worlds uh, felt any need or any obligation 
of the NFL. He made millions of dollars, and now he can go out and use that millions of dollars to uh, speak about his life in the NFL as well as spread the Jehovah's Witness message. Uh, Much like Napoleon Kaufman, who's out here in, in the Bay Area, has one of the biggest churches here. I was speaking to one of my uh, current military friends, and uh, I learned something about him. This is kind of a sidetrack, but this guy told me he was a crackhead for like 10 years before joining the military. And he wouldn't listen to any other churches or, or any of these other televangelists because some of them either were sons of rich men or whatever that decided to join the, 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 the clergy to preach or some are ex-cons that come in and, and speak, learn about God, start doing it. But he would listen to Napoleon Kaufman because Napoleon Kaufman came from nothing, made his way to the NFL, left on his own terms to start preaching God's word, and he's not doing it for a paycheck. I think that's a situation with, with world. You know, he wants to give back in his uh, faith to everybody. If I'm not mistaken, Arizona had him lined up for a big contract, and he walked away from it. Jake Locker probably walked away because he wanted to be a starting quarterback, but no one was going to have him as that. He was going to be a journeyman, and, you know, his heart probably wasn't in it. Um, I forget the other person, the younger person that retired, um, but at the same time, you got to applaud some of these guys. They're walking away with all their limbs intact, millionaires, and still able to live a long life, do another job. Remember, I joined the military at 27. I'm going to retire at 47. These guys can do something else at their young age and get two retirements because they've all met the criteria to reach the NFL pension. So, you know, it's a, it's a smart move, even though they might not have gotten to the Super Bowl or considered champions, whatever the case, but Patrick Willis Personally, with Patrick Willis, I think it's a deal of he did not want to be in that organization anymore. He'll come back in a year or two and play for somebody else. I think he saw what was going on in the 49ers, 49ers organization. Because out here, there's a lot of stuff being said. And he was like, you know what? Okay, I'd rather retire, rehab for another year, year and a half, and go somewhere else and play a couple more years and then finally retire. Um, but there's some stuff going on in, in San Francisco that's going to lead them to the bottom of the NFC West and quite possibly, quite possibly towards the bottom of the NFL. So ooh, ooh, that's what I think about ooh. that. Okay. Uh, what about you, Black? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I remember uh, showing Jerry with that video with uh, the coach when he first got there. And he was just bumbling and stumbling. I don't even blame Patrick Willis for the time or any of these other guys, man. Football is a violent sport. You want to be able to walk when you're like 40, 50, 60 years old. I, I don't blame any of these guys for the time early. Okay. Well, we do have a uh, resident uh, 49er fan, I think, if I'm not mistaken, jumping in here. Uh, I think we have uh, Mr. Uh, Lance NFL Exporter uh, jumping in here. And Lance, uh, we were talking about the um, guys that retired, but uh, I want to get your thoughts on that first, and then we're going to talk about uh, one of your guys who left the team to go to another uh, organization. Talk to me about uh, 
the guys with that retired. Worlis, Patrick Willis, Jake Locker. Yeah, um, honestly, uh, I have to agree 100% with uh, Victor. I think the things that not only have gone on this offseason, but uh, a tumultuous last year, um, I think just led to Patrick Willis, you know, uh, not not having a desire anymore. You know, it's not just about what we see on Sunday. Uh, you figure how much uh, film, how much room he puts in uh, studying film, uh, the weight room, practice. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, they have families, um, you know, wives, children. And um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, no matter what it is, if you don't have a desire to do it anymore, especially, you know, these guys are retiring. Uh, let's face it, they're millionaires. So, I mean, if it's, Five million, six million, ten million, whatever the case may be, you know, it's not like these guys are walking away uh, financially in dire straits. And uh, you know, we see it all the time. I think a lot of these guys, um, you know, as Victor alluded to, uh, as Black alluded to, you know, injuries. You know, guys want to make sure that they can uh, spend their latter years in their 40s and 50s, uh, being in good physical condition. Um, you know. Church, I know, definitely plays a part within some of these guys, and it may not be solely church, but just wanting to do things uh, within the communities. And a lot of these guys are business savvy. Uh, you know, you'll see them on NFL Network or one of the many different radio stations or TV stations uh, where they're able to earn money. And a lot of these guys make smart investments or are just in a position due to the money they have and the uh, public recognition to be able to to make some things happen in some different business endeavors. So, you know, I, I think definitely for Patrick Willis being a 49ers fan, um, seeing what's happened to this organization in a matter of years. And I mean, I always talk about how, how quickly these windows open and close uh, in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about a team that last year um, was decapitated. They played, you know, uh, nine games without Willis the whole season, without Bowman, nine games without Auden Smith. Uh, the offense was in shambles. I think we all know now that Jim Harbaugh uh, wasn't there. You heard grumbles when the tiny training camp started that guys weren't buying into what was going on in the locker room. People weren't happy with contracts, and it just got to be a situation where um, you take a team that made it to three straight NFC championship games, you figure all that talent that they had on their roster last year, they could have been healthy, and, uh, you know, the offense could have ran the way that we accustomed to seeing it, which was, more of a power-running football team, uh, there's no question in my mind that they would have been right back in the thick of another Super Bowl hunt. So, yeah, man, I think it's unfortunate. But when you don't have a zeal, a desire, uh, loyalty, you know, we talk about that. I mean, if, if uh, you're seeing players like Frank Gore uh, being shipped off um, and things of that nature, you know, it's not going to make you happy. You know, that's for Wurlitz and Locker. Um, Locker, like you said, if he wants a starting job, uh, he's not going to get that anywhere. He hasn't done anything to, to prove that he can even stay healthy enough to be that. And uh, for Worldless, you know, same thing. I think it's just a situation where, um, think about it, these guys have been playing this game uh, since Little League football. It's something they love doing. So if they're walking away from it, uh, you know, they're looking at having some, some other priorities that are more important uh, than being on the football field. And, again, that physical wear and tear uh, certainly can add up on you. So to be able to walk away and uh, actually enjoy your money and enjoy your family. Um, you know, I think it's something that guys are starting to consider, um, you know, more and more uh, depending on situation. All right, uh, let's go. Since we got Lance on here, I want to get his reaction on this, that uh, one of your best offensive linemen in the NFL, 
talking about Mike Lupati, who signed a deal with your division rival, the Cardinals, for five years, uh, five-year deal. Uh, what's your thoughts uh, on uh, Mike Lupati signing with the Cardinals? Uh, we'll go with uh, Lance and then uh, uh, Victor, Mike, and then Jeff. Yeah, um, it's crazy, you know. Uh, it's rare. You really don't see that uh, too, too often. Uh, but I think that, you know, um, you got to look at it from a business standpoint as well. And as much as as a fan you want players to be loyal to your team, uh, I think these players, they take a look at now at, you know, uh, we can all honestly say that these organizations, these front offices, they certainly aren't loyal to these players. And the first opportunity they get to – say to the guy is having a non-productive year and, and underpay him or treat him any type of way. So I think your body probably looked at the landscape uh, of the NFC, looked at his own team, the 49ers falling apart, um, looking at a team like Arizona who has a desperate need um, to, to upgrade at the offensive lineman position. And so, um, you know, for him probably, you know, not having to move too far uh, as far as his home situation is concerned. And uh, being valued, like I say, Arizona's a team that wants to run a football better. Uh, he's not the best in pass protection, but he's certainly going to help stabilize that front line. He's a Pro Bowl offensive lineman. Um, so, you know, I, I hate to see him go, but I think things like that. I mean, Patrick Willis is looking around and saying, wow, I've lost my head coach. Uh, I've lost Frank Gore. Uh, I've lost uh, Mike Yapati. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, who knows how, how happy or disgruntled Vernon Davis and Michael Crabtree are there. So it just it's just one huge mess. But I think personally, uh, for Mike Chipotle and for the Arizona Cardinals, excellent fit. Um, they need help on the offensive line. Uh, he's a guy who is a, of a Pro Bowl caliber, still very young. He's about to, to reach the prime years of his career. And uh, so there's no doubt from that standpoint, you know, taking my – uh, being away, being a San Francisco 49er fan out of the situation, just looking at it from a pure football standpoint, excellent pickup for Arizona, and uh, it's a good fit for Upati going to a team where he can make an uh, immediate impact and pay immediate dividends. I agree. Um, I think that Arizona has the coolest coach ever in Bruce Aarons, and Bruce Aarons is committed to the run. Don't let the smooth taste fool you. He likes to throw the ball to fifth. He likes to get Carson Palmer in there. But he wants to run the ball. And at one point, he wanted to get Frank Gore. So that would have been a very good piece of the pie to get the offensive guard along with uh, the running back. That didn't take place. That also leads me to believe that uh, Andre Ellington and a couple of those other running backs back there, they're not going to be too safe because they're looking for a running back. But it also tells me that whoever the running back is, they're going to run to that side. Because as Glenn said, Ipati is a mauler. He isn't a pass uh, uh, blocker that well, but he's a mauler when it comes to running the ball. He'll destroy the the, uh, defensive lineman and make his way up to the uh, linebacker. That's pretty good. You get him with another a uh, uh, strong offensive guard or tackle, and it's curtain for for that run game or that run defense. Um, very good move. Again, this is another sign to me that the 49ers are in shambles. Uh, they just released Evie Johnson. Crabtree's a free agent. They're not going to bring back 
They signed Torrey Smith. You know, the, the 49ers are lost pretty much, and a lot of people are leaving that sinking ship that can lead that sinking ship. So um, I think it's a very good signing for for uh, the Cardinals and uh, a very big loss for the 49ers. Uh, first, let me say, uh, what's up, the Lions? I think it's the first time we've been on air together. I, I didn't know it was a 49ers fan, but look here, man. When you got a baseball player playing quarterback, these things trying to happen, man. I, I don't blame the party for rolling. I don't blame Patrick Wilson for retiring. Wow. You heard Randy Moss? Randy Moss was talking about, yeah, the guy's rolling so hard. He's, he's fractured my finger. Uh, I don't understand why he committed to Kaepernick, but, hey, not my thing. So I'm not concerned, but I, I think it's a good move from the party, man. Get your money while you can. Jeff? Yeah, you know, these. Uh, all these transactions, uh, free agent signings within a division get very interesting because uh, uh, the, the Niners really do look like the Titanic. They signed um, Darnell Dockett from um, the Cardinals, which leads me to believe I don't think Justin Smith is coming back next year. And um, He retired. He retired, Jeff. Oh, he did? He, he made it official? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, he had a very nice long career. Uh, Dockett also has been in the league a long time. He's coming off an injury, but he was very healthy uh, before last year. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I mean, the Niners were able to win despite a Kaepernick the past couple of years, but I, I don't see that continuing. And uh, I remember when, uh, not that long ago, when the Niners drafted Ayapati and Anthony Davis in the first round, and, of course, you know these uh, these critics were saying uh, criticized it's like that's how you build a team and it, and it worked out pretty well so uh, yeah it uh, looks bad all around for the Niners and, and let, yeah, let, let me to, just I wanted to go ahead I wanted, go ahead I just to say real quick, oh I apologize go ahead I just want to say real quick uh, what's the name Jonathan Cooper is the uh, other guard that they have out in Arizona that they're looking to pair uh, Ayupati up with. You know, he got injured his first year, a little slow learning around the curve, but he's got a lot of upside. He was uh, Arizona's first-round draft pick back in 2012. Okay. All right. And I I, uh, neglected to say this, that the uh, Colts finally uh, waived uh, Trent Richardson. Uh, And quite naturally, Stevie Johnson got uh, released and Dwayne Bowe got released. And um, I just saw this. I should have said something earlier, but because uh, when we were talking about the Dolphins, looks like that uh, Jordan Cameron is going to be going to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's going to sign a two-year deal worth worth about uh, fifteen million dollars. Um, no, no, it's not going to be that. That's what they originally thought they, that he was going to get with the Browns, but. Uh, it looks like he's going to be signing actually with the Dolphins, and I guess the uh, the uh, particulars money wise is uh, to be uh, announced later. But uh, that's just another added weapon for uh, Ryan Tannehill uh, in the passing game. Uh, these teams, especially in AFC East, are loading up, so uh, it's going to be uh, wild and woolly in the NFC. Excuse me, AFC East. All right, let's get to a couple other. Um, a few other uh, uh, free agent signings, and I'm hopefully we can try to get them to, to, to some trades. Uh, we're in a overtime. I want to talk about uh, two guys this time. 
Uh, one's going to the Chicago Bears. The other one's going to the Chiefs. Why I would go, want to go to the Chiefs, and especially in, in that position, uh, um, uh, is beyond me. It's clear that he either likes his coach a lot or they gave him enough money to be able to deal with the quarterback that they have. I'm talking about, uh, first, Pernell McPhee, who went to the Chicago Bears for uh, five years, $40 million, and then also Jeremy Macklin, who went to the Kansas City Chiefs for a five-year contract with a $55 million deal. So he's getting $11 million a year, uh, approximately, um, to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs with a quarterback that didn't throw a touchdown pass to their wide receivers all season. Since 2013, believe it or not, I forget how many games that is, but uh, it's more than 16 games that a wide receiver has not caught a touchdown pass from Alex Smith. I'm going to go to uh, Jeff first, talk about those two guys, Pernell McPhee and Jeremy Macklin, and then I go to Victor, Black, and then Lance. Uh, to me, McPhee, I don't know. I I, I think he's looking like uh, he's getting overpaid by the Bears. Hey, good for him. I, I just don't see it. And, um, you know, Macklin's a very good receiver. Uh, I mean, everybody noticed that the Chiefs' uh, wide receivers weren't scoring uh, touchdowns last year. And I'll admit, I didn't see them enough to figure out why. I'm not sure if it was play calling or what. But I don't think it's law averages. It's not going to continue. Macklin's going to get a few touchdowns as long as he's healthy. I I can't see him going a year without a touchdown. Well, let's, Jeff, I love you like a brother, but you need to quit smoking that good stuff because Alex Smith (laughs) is the quarterback out there. Um, So he might not get a touchdown. If you notice, like he tried to get those screens to uh, Dexter McCluster, Dexter didn't get any touchdowns either. Um, the problem here is Macklin got nostalgic. He wanted to go home. He wanted to go to Missouri. He wanted to go to uh, 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 Reed. He's going to be where he wants to be, make his money, and have a subpar end of his career. So to say that he's going to get like four or five sets now, I don't think so, guy. Not until they get a quarterback in there that's not afraid to throw the ball deep. My prime example, look what happened when Mark Sanchez got in at quarterback and Nick Foles was out. Same style of quarterback. Can't get it to him deep. So what did Sanchez do? He threw to the other receivers and let them play around and do what they got to do. Macklin's thing is speed. So, therefore, you know, he, he went to – to Casey because he wanted to go home. Now signing McPhee, and you uh, you put the salary not the salary you put the franchise tag on Justin Houston, and you've got uh, uh, Tamba Ali. That's not a bad thing, but you got to remember they lost and probably have lost for for the rest of his career. Eric Berry. So who's on the back end punishing? The receivers, nobody. The front, the the, the seven-man rush, oh, that's good. That's good. But nobody's going to be able to cover the rest of those cats. So I think Kansas City needs to focus in on their DBs and uh, a safety. 
there's maybe one or two decent safeties in this draft that can come in. And uh, God bless Eric Berry. Hope he gets better. Um, I hope he's able to come back. But right now, that's the main concern. I think uh, good move on both of them for the money, but it's not going to help them in the uh, AFC West. It's just not long as 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 your boy Peyton Manning's there and he's got his weapons. Oh, and Jerry, I hate to throw a silly little thunder, but I'm drafting Owen Daniels. You'll be a fool, people, to let Owen Daniels get out of the fourth, fifth round. I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's it. Okay. Uh, what about you there, Black? Cool. Funny, funny guy that Victor is talking fantasy yes. football. Hey, yes, he is. yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's got to, he's black, he's got to talk it because he sure can't play it. Hey, hey, hey. I got championships. I got more championships than all y'all. So, y'all, it don't matter. Look, check the resume. But I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting, you know what? You know, I'm glad all of us on the line. You sound like a whiny, whiny, you know what? Don't, you know what that is? You sound like somebody whining. You know, and 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 something that sounds like a witch. You sound like a whiny witch. <laughs> I sound like Ryan Miley. I sound like Ryan Miley and the entire Houston Texans team. That's what I sound like. All right, all right, hey, all right. Silence yourself now, man. Moment. Hey, the, this is, the this McPhee is deal. Black moment. The, the McPhee deal, that, that's going to be hit or miss down there in Chicago. Jeremy Macklin, I hope there was a clause in that contract. He's allowed to bring a folding chair with him onto the field because after he winds his ball, that's the only thing he's going to be able to do is put that chair up because no balls are coming his way. But like I said, you got to get your money. You got to get your money. $11 million a year, 55 man. Wow, that's a lot of money for Jeremy Matt. You got to get your money, man. Wow. Uh, Lance, your thoughts, uh, Bernal McPhee and uh... – Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, I I don't even know who McPhee is, so I, I really, you know, I really don't have. Okay. I don't I don't know I don't know. Um, Baltimore linebacker. He had uh, uh, eleven and a half sacks. Led Baltimore in oh. sacks last year. Right. He led Baltimore in sacks last year. Yes. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess Baltimore playing, linebacker. I guess playing beside Terrell Suggs and. Elvis Dumerville and 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 Nada and Jernigan and and, and Upshaw and Mosley, I guess with that front seven, certainly possible. Yeah, I don't know who this guy is, so I mean, whatever. I, I we'll, we'll see. I, I I mean, basically the way it's working out, guys are getting max deals. So uh, I mean, I, Chicago, I guess they're just going to do anything possible uh, to try to help that defense. But uh, I'll focus on Jeremy Macklin. Um, you know, I, I think that for Kansas City. Um, you know, you, you got to try to you got to try to improve your offense and, and, and get as good as you can. So, um, all these considered good move for them. You know, they they're desperately needing help at wide receiver. We all know that Dwayne Bowe had completely fallen off the earth, and after him, there was nobody. You know, Jonathan Ball when they drafted from Pitt a couple years ago, he didn't pan out. Uh, we know that Donnie Avery is not a legitimate uh, receiver. And they, they just don't have anybody at wide receiver. They haven't had anybody at wide receiver for a long time in Kansas City. So, um, you know, you, you, you like Kansas City trying to do anything and everything possible to upgrade um, your passing game. Uh, but I think this is where it gets funny and where 
Um, you know, you never want to say that a, a player is getting paid too much. Um, but in this particular case, um, I don't think that what he's getting paid is going to uh, be produced. And, and, and in Kansas City, you're going to see those results on the football field. Um, you're talking about, you know, uh, that type of money. Um, he's not – I don't see Jeremy Macklin catching 80-plus passes, you know, 1,200-plus yards, you know, 10-plus TDs. That's what that money merits. And ultimately what ends up happening to some of these players is they go to a team, they get a large contract, they're not able to put up duplicate numbers. Uh, a lot of times, like for Macklin, it's going to be the system. Um, now, um, you know, maybe Andy Reid tries to switch his scheme up a little bit. I doubt it. He wants to do the dink and dump West Coast offense. So, I mean, perhaps Macklin being a guy with some nice wiggle in his step, uh, certainly has some good speed, uh, can excel. Uh, I'll give it to Macklin. He is not a one-trick pony. Uh, he certainly runs some nice combination uh, routes that I see, um, not necessarily underneath, but intermediate-type stuff. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Victor made a great point that uh, Alex Smith, uh, and it's not so much about, you know, we've seen that with Mark Sanchez. It's not so much in the, about not having the arm strength to get it downfield, but being able to throw the football accurately deep. And so I think that uh, Jeremy Macklin, to a certain degree, may be limited, but uh, we're going to see what he's made of. You know, he is going to be the number one option there. Let's say let Bo go. He's going to draw the top vendor, and um, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll see how it works out, but I think that all things considered, uh, it was a good move, you know, Kansas City. And I, and I think how we were talking about with uh, the situation in San Francisco, I'm thinking Jeremy Mattson is looking at the big picture saying, okay, <laughs> you know, they let Deshaun go last year. We're letting McCoy go. They let Bowles go. You know, um, he probably don't want to be there anymore. And I, and I can't blame him because the Philadelphia Eagles, and, I mean, that's what I've seen from Chip Kelly at this point. I didn't even know he had that much control over the team. Um, but uh, I question that because I look at Philadelphia's front office pre-Chip Kelly, and they drafted a great group, a great crop of young talent. I mean, to have Nick Foles, Shady McCoy, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, um, you know, prior to that, Brent Selleck, and then you brought Zach Ertz into the fold. So this was a team that – I think I lost Lance. Oh, Hello? man. Yeah. Being right. 25, 26 years it, old well, in the is. time of their career, and they're, 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 not, they're not there anymore. So that, that's just very interesting. Uh, but I think it's a good move overall for Kansas City. We'll see if the money they paid him is going to translate to his stats and his impact on the football field. All right. I want to talk about three guys this time, and then we're going to talk, probably try to um, end the free agent talk and talk about these trades that took place. Got three guys um, all on the uh, decent – Excuse me. Two on the defensive side of the ball, one on the offensive side of the ball. Talking about Jared Ardrick, Terrence Knighton, Vic knows who that is, and uh, Rodney Hudson. Hudson signed a deal with the uh, Raiders for $44 million for five years. Uh, Knighton, Rodney Hudson. He signed a deal with the Oakland Raiders for. Forty-four and a half million dollars over five years. He's a center. Harris uh, Knighton, who's a defensive tackle from Broncos, uh, signed a one-year deal for four million dollars with the Redskins. 
And I don't have the particulars on Jared Ardrick, who signed. He's a defensive tackle. Or the, uh, I think he's a defensive tackle. Uh, yes, defensive tackle with the um, um, Jacksonville Jaguar. That's where it's going. I'm um, going to go with Jeff. Hopefully he knows uh, uh, at least a couple of these players. Probably Pot Roast, who's Terrace Knighton. I think Vic knows him. In fact, I'll go to Vic first, then Jeff, Black, and then Lance. All right. Um, oh, sorry. No, it's okay, Jeff. It's okay. Um, here's the deal. I really want this episode on, on spot on radio, so I don't want to take it over another 20, 30 minutes, so I'll be brief with my statement. The okay. only real impactful player is going to be Pop Rose. Uh, why? Because he's working on a very short deal, and he's trying to say, okay, well, I can do it anywhere. So uh, along with the young talent in D.C., I think he'll have a lot of success. Now, I'm not sure if they're going to a 4-3 or they're going to stay in a 3-4, but uh, I think that's a good move for him out of Denver since they're going to change the scene. Um, the Raiders overpay all the time, so that's no big deal to me. The kid they signed um, – not that impactful. Young, and that's what I think Reggie McKenzie's trying to do. He's trying to make sure that they're young, uh, talent they can groom. But that's a lot of money for a D tackle that really hasn't proven that much. Um, but that's all I got on the situation. Jeff, you know, I, I I don't really have much to say. I mean, there's been so many moves; those moves kind of got lost in the shuffle. I did notice uh, the Raiders signed uh, Malcolm Smith, uh, the linebacker from uh, Seattle, uh, who uh, was a Super Bowl MVP, which uh, makes it look like even though Al, Al Davis is gone, they still like overpaying for uh, former uh, Super Bowl MVPs. Uh, and it, it's just something that, that continues. And until that kind of thing gets straightened out, the Raiders will continue to be a joke. <laughs> Oh, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure. I got to go. Everybody, right. uh, it's been great. Take it easy. You too. Um, we don't have Black anymore, so I'll go to Lance. Lance, your thoughts? Oh, man, I was just about to shout Black out. All right, on the next go-round. Um, yeah, what's the name? Uh, Terrence Knighton. I mean, if you can't address your secondary, which is the Redskins' uh, obvious glaring weakness, then you want to um, you want to try to get as much – uh, invest as much in your front seven as possible. Redskins last year did great against the run. I think they ended the year maybe seventh against the run. Uh, Knighton is versatile. I like that. He can stop the run. He can also create pressure. So, um, you know, with so many moves going on, you know, Victor will be able to kind of fill in. You know, I, I don't know if Arakpo and Kerrigan and Jason Hatcher um, are still going to be there. But if so, along with Knighton, they got a nice front seven. Um, going. So, I mean, you know, definitely just trying to do as much as possible to create pressure uh, and, and stop the run and get in offenses in third and long situations to help their secondary. So, one-year deal, um, I don't think there's much risk in that. Uh, I think, like Victor said, you know, on a one-year deal, you're definitely going to play your hire out. Um, the kid who went to the Raiders, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess Steph Mouski is going to be moving on. Um, I don't know. Some of these teams, I don't, I don't get how basically you – you 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 let somebody go, uh, who's proven. You know, Sepnowski's been a beast uh, for the Raiders uh, coming out of Penn State since he's been the center there. So uh, obviously, with them picking this other kid kid up, he's not there anymore. But 
Um, you know, it'll be another day. I know you guys talked about DeMarco and some other big names. I didn't, I wasn't quite off yet, but, um, yeah, I, I guess it's a similar situation that I'm looking at, you know, Philly, they let go of McCoy, but then you bring Murray in for 42 million. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, you, you're basically swapping out players for the same and McCoy has been the most productive running back in the NFL over the last five years, but it's kind of the same to me out in Oakland. I mean, you're, you're paying this, I don't want to say improving, but you're paying this guy a lot of money. Why couldn't you pay <laughs> your own center, who certainly is one of the better centers in the AFC? Uh, but Jerry Udrick, good move. I, I like what's going on in Jacksonville. Um, you know, their front office seems to be up to speed. Uh, we know last year, you know, I don't know if those guys are still there, but they brought in uh, Chris Clemens and Red Bryant from Seattle. Um, right. You know, second half, second half of the year, Jacksonville's defense played much better. Gus Bradley had had that defense playing. So they're another team that obviously has issues in the secondary. But, you know, again, bolstering up that front line as much as possible. And, and Udrick has that same type of versatility. Um, I, I, uh, he's, he's good against the run, but also quick and athletic enough to get pressure on the quarterback. So uh, I, I like, you know, what Jacksonville is doing, um, bringing in veteran, proven guys. They're beefing up in the trenches. And uh, obviously bringing over Julius Thomas is going to be um, a huge help uh, for a young quarterback like Blake Bortles' development. So I, I like what Jacksonville did by uh, grabbing Udrick, and I think it helps too uh, when anytime you can get a player who doesn't have to move too far. So he's not out of the comfort zone. He's just going right from Miami to Jacksonville. All right, uh, let's transition over to the, from free agency to trades. And uh, before I get to, to these trades that took place, and some of them were like uh, took a lot of people by huge surprise. Uh, a source with the knowledge of the situation tells ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, the Saints appear to have placed every member of their roster on the trade block but Drew Brees and Brandon Cooks. That means the the report the Saints want a complete retool. Everyone but Brees and Cooks. Now, quite naturally, they just got rid of uh, ben, they just dealt Ben Grubbs and they uh, just dealt uh, Jimmy Graham, like we're going to talk about, and they put uh, Kenny Stills on the trading block also. Um, and uh, you guys also know that the Benson family is going through some turmoil, uh, turmoil of, their, of the, their own selves between the father, the uh, stepmother, and his kids and grandkids. Uh, so uh, that, that organization from the front office to actual players on the field uh, is going to be going to a huge turnover. Speaking of turnover, what happened on as soon as soon as free agency day came, the Seattle Seahawks and the New Orleans Saints pulled off one of the surprisingly trades that I have ever seen that I you, you probably won't see well you probably see it again since free agency and, and the money that's being thrown thrown around and cap space you have to get under and the New Orleans Saints are one of the worst cap offenders going uh, and they're trying to desperately to get under that cap traded away their Pro Bowl tight end Jimmy Graham and a fourth round pick in, in this year's draft to to the uh, uh, I mean, the, the Seattle receives that. They, they receive a Jimmy Graham and a fourth-round pick from 
the, the Saints, and the Saints receive Max Unger, the center for the Seattle Seahawks, and a 2015 first-round pick, which would be the 31st overall. What's your thoughts on that one, Lance? Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't equate. Um, I mean, I certainly understand that that was one of the issues, uh, certainly with New Orleans last year. They did not have the offensive line uh, that they had when Drew Brees was putting up, and that offense was putting up those outstanding numbers at that time. I know that it was uh, Carl Nix. It was uh, Jahari Evans. Uh, John Stenscombe at tackle. I believe Jonathan Goodwin was at center. So they struggled last year in large part due to uh, an unstable offensive line. And so bringing in Max Unger, uh, I certainly uh, like that. He was a bit injury riddled last year. Um, but I don't see uh, how – now I did notice New Orleans did uh, sign uh, Mark Ingram back to a four-year deal. Looking at right. all the moves that are taking place, I don't know if Sean Payton and the offense are – thinking about um, coming with a different offensive philosophy featuring the running game. But I would have to suspect that. I mean, when you let a player of Jimmy Graham's caliber go, um, that is a huge loss. You cannot replace uh, not only his production, but the amount of attention that he draws on the football field, especially in the red zone. So I'm looking at that organization, and, I mean, I don't know. Something to me, Jerry, I'm going to have to really look into it because what it seems like to me is the NFL is headed for – we're like on the on the front end of it. Five to ten years from now, um, you, it's so much NFL football starting to become like fantasy football. You got so much <laughs> transaction and moving around in the offseason. Right. And what is the use of drafting a player if he is going to potentially turn out the prospect that he was, turn into the star player you thought he was going to be, and when he reaches the prime of his career, you can't you can't even keep him. You can't even build a franchise anymore because you cannot sign. I mean, what do you want teams to do? Sign players who aren't good. I mean, you draft, if you, if you draft correctly, players flourish, you're going to end up in a situation where you got a bunch of good players on your team and you can't afford to retain these guys. So, I mean, I don't care under what circumstance, then you deal them in your conference. I know they're not in the same division, uh, but I always like to shift. I'm going to trade somebody. I'm trading you to another conference. Now those teams still could play. We know it's very easy to Seattle and, and New Orleans, they may not be on the schedule this year. They may not see each other in the playoffs, but I, I, I don't I don't see how trading Jimmy Graham under any circumstance is an even uh, trade-off. So it looks like New Orleans, to me, is taking steps backward. And we also got to factor in Drew Brees. He's up in age. You know, it's not like Drew Brees is 25 or 26, and they've got time to rebuild. Um, you know, Drew Brees got maybe about two years left. So I don't know. Maybe Maybe they're, you know, preparing for the future. But like you said, you look at that roster now, and who he's got to throw the football to. You're talking to your guy in Brandon Cooks with his size, where uh, he's got to show that he can be durable and make it through a season. And, um, you know, I don't know what Kenny Steele's morale will be if <laughs> if he decides to stay or if he doesn't get traded. Outside of that, you've got nobody. So um, very questionable, very questionable. And on the, on the intern for me, for Seattle, great pickup. Um, I think that Jimmy Graham's going to certainly have a big-time impact uh, if you look into some of the stuff Luke Wilson was able to do, and again, I'm talking about not just catching the football, he's certainly going to draw a lot of attention and uh, allow for Seattle's younger receivers, Curse and uh, Paul Richardson and the, and the big kid in the Super Bowl, um, you know, and Doug Baldwin. Those guys are going to get a lot of pressure taken off them. So I don't know. Sometimes, Jerry, it seems like to me that uh, teams get over on each other, and uh, I, I just don't see how um, 
New Orleans was comfortable trading their best player away uh, unless they simply couldn't afford him. And I guess at that point, what can you do but try to get some value back in return? Victor. Real quickly, because I'm going to say I want this on spot on, so we got we got like seven minutes. Um, good move on Seattle's part. The rich get richer. I said it earlier. Um, now, uh, Russell Wilson definitely has something in the passing game, the most choice thing he's ever had. Couple that with Marshawn Lynch and that defense, Seattle's no-brainer to me. I would have sent Max Unger as well. Um, and, and, a, and a draft pick. I think it's a first-round draft pick, I think. Um, yes. And that's smart. That is smart in, on, on their front because they're perennial Super Bowl contenders, whereas New Orleans, they won't be going to the Super Bowl anytime soon with all this upheaval and change. Uh, and uh, Lance is right. They're going to switch their philosophy. It will be a run-based offense straight up and down. Um, and I do believe they're going to draft a, a quarterback uh, in one of the rounds here to replace Drew in a couple of years. Uh, bottom line is this. Jimmy Graham has a better chance at winning a Super Bowl, and I think this was a good PR move for New Orleans to get him out of there and put him on a team that could possibly win a championship. Uh, Seattle, like I said, might be going back to the Super Bowl this year with that one addition, regardless of the Maxwell uh, tr- situation, him even going to Philly. That's it. Uh, I want to, I want to talk about the Philly and the uh, St. Louis Rams trade. The uh, Rams get uh, Nick Foles, a 2015 fourth-round fourth pick, and a 2016 second-round pick, while the Eagles receive Sam Bradford, a 2015 fifth-round pick, and a conditional 2016 mid-round pick. Uh, Lance, quickly, who do you think won and lost this uh, trade in, and uh, your thoughts on the trade? Then, Victor. Yeah, uh, yeah, good move for the Rams, um, bringing Foles in. Uh, obviously, they're going to have to get him some help at wide receiver, uh, make sure Jake Long fully recovers. But um, a good move for the Rams, uh, obviously getting rid of Bradford's um, big contract. You know, I think it was time to sever ties. He just, you know, the disappointment was there, bringing a fresh guy. Felt like that for, for Philadelphia. And I think that's the other thing that plays into these trades and stuff. We don't know what the ulterior motive is. You know, I don't, I don't think Bradford has a ton of time left on his contract. If I'm not mistaken, it's pretty huge. Um, so who knows for what reason they got him. Uh, but it doesn't seem like, at least to me, that Philadelphia is interested in winning a Super Bowl this year. So um, I, I see him more as a – I don't see him as a long-term state there in Philly. Uh, one, one small thing. Uh, Jake Long was released, so they're moving uh, the the second-year tackle that played guard this year out to left tackle. So Jake Long has been released by the Rams, which does not right. hold well for Nick Foles. But the no. Rams, in my opinion, the Rams, in my opinion, got the better of the deal straight up. They got uh, rid of a lot of tax space. They got a very good quarterback. Uh, with young talent around him, uh, and and they just got younger. Now, the deal, Philly, you know, Chip Kelly likes these projects, these reclamation projects or whatever. Uh, he thinks that these guys are not going to get injured again because of the sports science. Might be the case. But at the same time, um, he opened a window up for uh, St. Louis to possibly 
get Mariota and have him sit on the bench for a year or two uh, if Nick Foles does not work out. So with that being said, I also think Nick uh, that, that, that Philly's going to trade either Matthews or Murray or even Sproles to move up in the draft. All three of those running backs are not going to be there. And, you know, I questioned Chip Kelly and all these moves before. If he does what I think he's going to do, I'll take everything back that I said. But right now, this was the better move uh, was made by St. Louis. Like I said, he, he's not done yet. Don't underestimate Chip Kelly. Uh, you know, he, he's got things rolling. And uh, uh, you'll see come uh, the after the draft to see how much uh, um, of what he put in place started the ball rolling to see exactly what's 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 the uh, final result going to be. Anyway, last but not least, and I think this is a pretty pretty big trade too. Uh, it's not getting as much pelt as the other trades. Detroit Lions and the, the uh, Baltimore Ravens completed a trade. The Lions receive in replacement of, and this is not in Dominic Sue, but it's a damn good replacement in Haloti Nada and a 2015 seventh round pick. And the Ravens received a 2015 fourth-round pick and a 2015 fifth-round pick from the uh, from the Lions. Your thoughts on that, Victor, and then, then Lance. Hello, Nada makes perfect sense. Both of them are nasty. Only difference is Haloti has been dealing with some injuries as of late. But with Nick Fairley gone as well and not likely to return, he's the best option out there for them. And it, it didn't cost... Detroit a lot. Martin Mayhew did did a smart thing here. Um, you lose a monster, you get another monster. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think it's a good deal both ways. Um, Haloti was going to be a big cap number for for uh, Baltimore in a, in a year or two. So this is a good move. He'll probably extend his career maybe by two or three more years by going to Detroit. Lance quickly. Yeah, definitely. Good move for uh, Detroit, you know, um, get a proven guy in there to replace Ndamukong Su. So, um, you know, obviously, um, I, I mean, I think he's going to be a good fit. I, I like him. You, you definitely be able to bring in a guy who's proven Pro Bowl caliber leadership. Um, I don't know, for the deal to be good for Baltimore, I guess, outside of shitting cap room. And that's that's pretty much what I'm seeing the NFL is boiling down to. It's not about um, – putting a winning franchise together, a dynasty, and winning championships. It's about how everything is based around saving capital, having capital. So uh, I certainly hope Baltimore can translate these fourth and fifth round picks. Um, I understand they lost money, but uh, they're going to have to land the right guys. I mean, usually guys in that round, unless you're doing your homework, and I give Baltimore the credit. Uh, I do some of those guys have done a great job of drafting and bringing in talent, but fourth and fifth rounders, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see how it pays off in the long run as far as bringing in players who uh, ultimately, you know, you want to get some type of compensation for uh, letting a, a guy go who's still got a lot of football left in him. All right, guys. I, I appreciate you uh, hanging with me for uh, an extended period of time. Uh, I want to thank you, the callers uh, that have been listening. Uh, tune in next week, same time, same place. We'll be talking about the uh, – Week in sports. Tune in on one o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Saturday afternoon for the FSP crew. Excuse me, FSP show, uh, hosted by Vic Gardner and co-hosted by myself, will be in effect. And also 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with a master plan is uh, on my show on Sunday. With that being said, 
Have a uh, good uh, rest of the week. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll see you later. Um, hasta la vista, baby. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. 